Welcome to the Spiritual Underground Podcast. This is Dan once again, every time, huh? Here coming to you from the studios at DTM Enterprises. It sounds real fancy and formal when I say that. Uh, Y'all see the pictures in the background of uh, when we when we posted on the spiritualunderground.org where you can get a look at the people's faces and uh, put the faces with a name. That always helps me to have that visual of what a person looks like. I don't know why I feel I need that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I first started listening to, to speaker tapes, I was out looking for these people, and you can't find most of them because they actually protect their anonymity. Uh, there's a few people you can you can find their their fine pictures of. Uh, also, uh, Christopher Cohn's book Twelve Step Spiritual Recovery is available on Amazon. Uh, you've heard plenty of talk about that here. Uh, there's also a link to that on spiritualunderground.org. Um, and the music you hear wrapped around these podcasts. Uh, Darren was in studio the other day and uh, recorded a little bit of new stuff. So uh, we have his music, Darren Frank. Uh, is has been writing and producing the music around the podcast. Uh, Jesse Simpsons has also played a part in that. So we have a, another special, awesome guest today uh, to kind of share her story, trying to get the balance. You know, um, fact of the matter is, is my home group where this kind of started was all men. Uh, I don't want this to be a men's deal. Uh, I want to balance the scales and have uh, some uh, uh, different voices. So I'm really glad that uh, you've came to... Uh, share your story with us today how are you today i'm good good so uh pretty easy format here i always usually ask people just to start with their uh oh by the way too robin is sitting in with us too uh i guess i could just be free with that is that uh, robin is 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 krista's sponsor so uh she's going to help us with the story along the line too so uh it's cool to have this uh, uh trilogy of energy just like the other day when shane was in here too so you want to say hi hi everybody I'm really excited to hear your story. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Krista has not told your story in front of anybody yet, so this is this is a really good way to do that because I think it's a lot more comfortable atmosphere than looking at it, 30, 40 people out yes, looking at you Yes, definitely. <laughs> so we'll start out with your sobriety date, and we'll see where we go from there. Okay. Uh, well, my sobriety date is December 2nd of 2018. Cool. So it's fairly new, but it's it's certainly not my first sobriety date. Um, I first started down this road on March 16th of 2018, so it's been about a year. Um, but I'll start off with uh, my childhood, I guess. So I was born back in 1976 in Alaska. In Alaska? Yes. That mm-hmm. is too cool. I didn't yeah. know that. Um, I was born up in Fairbanks, and... Um, try to think of how to start this so my mom um, is originally from Illinois and had moved out to Alaska just like with a backpack um, really yeah Jeremiah Johnson style just packed just up and exactly moved. heard wow. there was like work um, on the pipeline that was being built at the time in the 70s yeah and um, she met my birth father and um, so I should let you know that I actually don't know my birth father. Hmm. Um, she, when I was still fairly young, um, she left him. And I, I don't really know a whole lot of the story. I do know that she left him um, because he was uh, an, an addict. Uh, and she, once again, just kind of like filled a backpack, grabbed me, got a bus 
um, from Toke, Alaska, where they were living, and went to Fairbanks and just kind of disappeared from him. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so once she got to Fairbanks, she got a job doing construction. Um, she was like a, a water truck driver hmm. when they were building roads. Um, and she met my my dad. So I refer to the the man that she ended up marrying and raised me as my dad. So um, I do have a birth father that I don't know. And then I have my dad who raised me, basically. Um, So he was the foreman on a job. And um, my mom was a hot little 26-year-old woman (laughs) wearing her short jean shorts. And um, he, you know, I was an infant. Um, and they met, and um, he uh, ended up leaving his family and wife for her, and um, that's kind of how that that happened. Um, they ended up moving from Fairbanks down to I think it was like Eagle River. Um, yeah, I don't know my and then my out Alaskan to, yeah, geog- I know. I'm, I'm telling well. a lot of but stuff ahead, that a lot of people the, probably and, and, aren't going and to people, know. And people, there'd be probably there there's a good be. chance there's some people that would know. Yeah. So yeah, um, keep so it up. We were there for a while, and then we ended up moving out to uh, the valley, uh, like Wasilla, Alaska. And people actually might know this one because that is the home of Sarah Palin. Oh <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> So um, all of my memories come from from living in in Wasilla. I think I was like about three, four or something along those lines around about the time that we moved out there. Um, So it was I don't want to say I mean, I guess it it was a good childhood, I guess. I don't know. My my dad took care of us and um, uh, but he, he was an alcoholic. I know I've told Robin about that. Um, he wasn't like the kind of alcoholic who would, you know, get up in the morning and be wasted or anything like that. Um, Pretty functional. Then. He was very, very functional. Um, but when work let out, he would, you know, obviously he would have drinks um, and like quite a few drinks. But he would get up early the next morning and go to work. And um, but it was it was daily. He'd come back every day and and have at the time it was or for a long time. It was um, CLC and water. Um, And I do remember being like six or seven. It was a weekend and he was outside working on a car and he instructed me. It was my job that day to make him drinks and bring them out to him so that he wouldn't have to take breaks from working on the car to come in and mix himself a, a drink. Heck yeah, man. It makes All perfect sense. Efficiency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I remember um, my little neighbor friend had been over at the house, like, um, hanging out. And so we're mixing his drinks. And she looks at me and is like, so um, – I'm like, I, I don't even know how to make sure they're right because it had to be he's he's like, OK, well, you got to put this much whiskey in there and then, you know, this much ice and then you got to put this much water in there. And so the uh, spring was her name. And she looks at me and she's like, well, we got to taste it. 
<laughs> of course. So, you know, so we're taking little sips of this drink before we bring it out to my dad. Like y'all would know that it was mixed right. I know, exactly. Inherently, <laughs> that's just something you're born with, you know. The ability to taste of that whiskey and water is mixed correctly. Exactly. Tastes like shit. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Must be right. That's great. So, um, let's see. So that was, I mean, just, it was just typical. No one even batted an eye. Um, oh, gosh, another memorable story. Um, I think it was about like nine or 10. We were sitting around the dinner table and my dad had, um, this time I remember it was vodka and water. He had switched his drink. Hmm. Um, Awful. <laughs> yeah. And so it was, it was clear and we were, I would, having dinner I remember we were drinking out of the same looking glasses so we both were drinking I was drinking water out of a tumbler and he was drinking his vodka and water out of a tumbler well I ran out of my drink I drank all my water and I looked at him and I was thirsty and I'm like dad can I have a a sip of your water and he goes yeah you can so I grabbed it and I took like three giant gulps of this drink before it, the taste like hit me and it was just awful I remember I started just bawling crying because it would just it burned it was terrible and my mom turns around and and was so mad at my dad like she was she was just so pissed um so how old were you about that time um I think I was like nine or ten okay. I remember we were mm-hmm. still living um <clears throat> at the time we were living in a trailer and I know that we had moved from the trailer to an actual house towards the end of sixth grade. So that would be, I was 10. Okay. So if we were still in the trailer, I remember it was right around that time. So I had to be like, I just turned 10 or I was still nine. Yeah. Too young to be playing jokes like that on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, I remember my mom and dad argued um, over that. And... Um, yeah, that was a, that was another thing. There, I do remember there were a lot of arguments. Um, my dad was really strict and um, very much like like the ruler of the household or whatever. Like yeah. everything he said goes. Um, it it really got worse once I got to be a teenager. Um, I mean, I was going through normal rebellious phases um but I would really get uh I don't know like normal normal things like my friends would do or say things um and that their parents were okay with but my dad would like lose his mind and yell at me or um I think I said like that sucks yeah right and that was like just the worst thing ever. Apparently, I remember getting in trouble for that too. My mom <laughs> jerked a knot in my tail once for saying so. Yeah, <laughs> like it's not a bad word. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Uh, let me try. I'm trying to think of like chronologically what's going on at that time in my life. Um, relatives, there were. He had a brother who was a very bad alcoholic. Um, he was a guy who actually had, like, heart surgery 
And when he came out of the surgery, they had to give him a beer. He was such a chronic, ter- a bad alcoholic that, like, they had to give him some alcohol so that he wouldn't go into the go withdrawal. Yeah, yeah right. mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Um, he had a sister who was about like that as well. So um, a lot of the family picnics, there were really drunk people there. And um, let's see. So uh, another incident that happened I think I had I told Robin about it is um my dad he was also like um he would also force me to give him like hugs every night before we went to bed Hmm. um hugs that were uncomfortable hugs where he held me entirely too long um I would try to like push away from him and he would grab me interesting um and like hold on to me and uh, he did that for a long time and then it culminated uh, I think I was towards the end of 10 maybe being 11 or something like that when um, he like reached around and grabbed my breast I mean like at that point it um, Hmm. I don't know that uh, that was very uncomfortable Um, I'll bet I think I still think about just how dirty um, that made me feel and definitely um, definitely made me kind of be like sexualized at a very young age. Absolutely. Yeah. Unnecessarily. Um, so. And then his his uncle kind of did something similar when I was like around 12 or 13. His uncle. Yeah, my uncle, his brother. His brother. Yeah. Um, the one we were talking about a minute ago from the sur- that had the surgery. No, well, he had, he had so many brothers and sisters. A bunch of yeah, them. it okay. was so, I don't know. I, I know that they all had like a really um, difficult childhood. And so I, I don't know what happened to them, but yeah. clearly they were. They were Alaskan natives. They were all. Yes, everybody's Alaskan. There. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Um, so those two um, were like small incidents of me and my first drinking and like that's kind of like yeah. uh, the beginning. So the first time I actually voluntarily drank, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was 15. My best friend had stayed the night. Um, one of my friends in the neighborhood, his parents were out of town and was having a party. Mm-hmm. So... In the middle of the night, we snuck out of my room and walked to my friend's house and um, went over there. There really wasn't a a whole lot of alcohol by the time we got there because it was kind of late. It was like pretty much drank. So I think I had maybe like two beers or something like that. Um, But what ended up happening is um, my friend got caught his parents found out and later yeah like later like the next day next day yeah mm-hmm. um and his mom made him tell him who all was at the party and of course my name came up so his mom calls my mom um and so my mom approaches me and asks me well uh were you at the party and i'm like yeah yeah i snuck out i'm sorry and she's like well did you drink and i'm like yeah, I, I drank, but it really wasn't that much. It wasn't that much, Mom. Um, 
she's like, well, I do want to talk to you about drinking because, um, and, and this is when it came out that my birth father was an addict and alcoholic. And she's like, I just want you to be aware that Mm. alcoholism is definitely, um, runs in your bloodline. She's like, your father was an alcoholic. And, um, she's like, with you being part Alaska native, um, there's that as well. She's just being native kind of makes you a little bit more susceptible to becoming an alcoholic anyway. Mm. So, um, She's like, you really need to just be aware of that and, you know, probably should have jo- avoid drinking. Um, yeah. Be careful. Be careful. Russian roulette. Yeah. Um, and and I did. I, I, I was a pretty good kid. I mean, um, I was a swimmer from the time I was – actually, I started swimming when I was five. Um, I was competitive. Um really in high school that that really took up all my time so I really didn't have time to be going to parties um I mean I was working out like before school I was working out after school um so now that I kind of look back and think about it um maybe I started already having kind of an addictive personality right as mm-hmm. far as like being so intense with um with swimming yeah. and working out and the competition of it and, all too, right? Oh, I love it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, to this day. <laughs> I love I love winning. <laughs> it's interesting that you, you know, as I sit here and listen to people's stories and I don't know what, but sitting here, you know, you see these common things amongst all of us that that, that and that's one of them, that driven to to maybe achieve and driven to do things a little a little harder than than what would seem natural for a kid. Yes, yes. And this to get was head on the back too, right? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. I yeah, mean, the approval, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. like working so hard to like make zone cuts or like just be the best in the state in whatever event for my age group or. Um, definitely, I love I love the. Praise! I love the medals. I love, um, I love the good jobs. Um, that's really drives me for anything. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah. That uh, really, those are the people I hung out with. Um, were other swimmers or other athletes. Um. And it wasn't my my first like real good drunk wasn't until I was 17. I had graduated. I was about ready to head off to college. Um, and me and five of my friends from high school uh, took advantage of a weekend that my parents had gone out of town. And um, oh, good Lord, we got so much alcohol. And it was one of those parties where we invited like just a few people but it turned into just this crazy massive party. You know, there's people from other schools showing up and um, it turned, it just, it got out of hand and insane. Um, I remember I was doing like shots of vodka. Um, I really, I don't remember a whole lot from the party. I mean, I just, I was 
drunk from the beginning. The only thing I do remember is one of my friends, actually the guy who had the party when I was 15, was showed mm. up um, to my party and I walked out to in the yard to go greet him and say hello and I like fell flat on my face in my the middle of my front yard and that's about it. That's all I remember. Like the rest of the night is gone. Fun times, right? Just mm-hmm. fantastic, yeah. <laughs> and um, so after that, it was uh, I a week later, I left for college and that's did your parents find out about the party oh yeah yeah um <laughs> i'll just say i think there probably was been some re- <laughs> yeah. some residual effect from that oh yeah and here's the thing like okay there was some damage like i don't know how there there was like a burn mark on the carpet um we had jello shots and there was like there was jello thrown on the walls i mean it was it was the biggest mess in my house somehow I managed to clean all of this up like I got the inside of the house back to normal my parents did not know anything how they found out and I I don't know how I missed this either um, one of my friends drove across my lawn and put marks in the grass yeah and so we're sitting upstairs those are hard to clean up yeah so my dad is up on the second floor and he's looking outside and he's like Krista are those are those tire tracks? I'm like, um, yeah. He's like, why are there tire tracks on the yard? And I just, I just came out. I came clean. I knew there was no hiding this. I'm like, I had a party. Um. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, well, okay. I mean, I was leaving. Really, I was leaving in less than a week for college. So what could they yeah, do? What could they do? You were an adult. I mean, you were out of high school. You were getting, yeah. like, really close to turning 18, I would have guessed. And oh, yeah. So, so uh, yeah. Good I, on you for telling the truth because I sure wouldn't have. <laughs> I, well, there was no getting out of that one. <laughs> You've never been a really good liar, though, have you? No. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord, no. I've I've always, yeah. Even when I do try to lie, it's just so obvious. It's written all over my face. So, uh, yeah, I I just tell the truth. Might as well. (laughs) (laughs) It just works out better. Um, So, yeah, I was off to college. And, boy, that was a shit show. (laughs) Where did you go to college? University of Wyoming. Wyoming. Yes. Yeah. I, I swam there. It's a D1 school. I was a good swimmer. Um, the first year, I actually, I, I didn't drink much my first year, and here's why. I got I got sick. I got mono. Um, so I was actually kind of, uh, didn't do a whole lot. Um, I was able to continue swimming. Like, they ended up not redshirting me, but that was about it. I had the energy to barely swim and barely made to make it to classes um so I I didn't really do a whole lot of drinking it was my sophomore year when I was healthy that I really started to throw down um I was going out basically every weekend um it which also turned into an endless string of one night stands. Um, mm-hmm. That was that was a crazy year. Um, and you were still swimming, right? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. swimming really well. 
like actually that was probably my most impressive um my most impressive year i don't know how i did it it was it was young that's youth. how you did it yeah. yes yeah, youth, youth. Uh-huh. <laughs> um <clears throat> so my junior year um i was still kind of partying i i mean i was definitely well yeah i mean junior year it kind of it just kept on going um but my swimming was starting to suffer i definitely um did not do as well as i did my sophomore year and then by my senior year um there was uh, an incident uh our entire team was caught uh drinking and i guess the athletic director um caught wind of this incident and we were like sort of put on some sort of probation um and we were all told okay well anybody who has drank at this party has a strike against them if you drink again um you're off the team Hmm. so since i had a strike against me i was one of the people that was drinking um i was not allowed to go to the next swim meet and so instead of going and like cheering on my team um like supporting them i ended up going and um like going out to drink with this guy um who was not my boyfriend (laughs) um and we ended up just getting i mean just wasted uh the next morning i woke up and i was like oh crap i have to get to practice so i'm like running out of his place um going to the pool hitting practice um hung over we were doing dry lands uh so there was a lot of like sit-ups and push-ups and all those sorts of things and i'm i'm just still basically drunk um and my coach let me do this hour long um excruciating uh practice dry land and at the end he looks at me uh and is like krista were you drinking last night and I'm like, you know, once again, I can't right. lie. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I knew it was probably, I probably reeked of it. I mean, I knew yeah. it had to be coming right. out my pores. Um, and I, I told him the truth. I was like, yeah, I was. Um, so immediately he, he said, well, you're off the team. And that was your junior year, is that right? That was my senior year. Okay. Yeah. I actually did make it through my junior year. Um, so that was, that was senior year. It was in the fall, it was really early in the season, actually. And as a result of me getting kicked off, um, my coach ended up losing his job. Really? Yes. Yeah. It was me. Um, there was another. There was another guy who ended up getting kicked off around the same time. He was um, Just like for not having control of his team, kind of thing. Is... Yeah. I believe so. Um, I I wasn't aware that his his job was on the line, but I mean, really, in all honesty, even if I had known, I'm I'm not sure yeah, that it would have made a difference. I mean, um, powerlessness right there. Yeah, I was so out of control at that point um, that that probably wouldn't have mattered. 
Um, so um, after that, you'd think I would have learned a lesson, um, but I didn't. I, I just kept going. Um, I, by the grace of God, somehow I managed to graduate. Um, it took me five years, but I did end up walking away with a degree. You weren't on a swimming scholarship. You were. Just, I was. Were, yeah, I lost, lost that. Swim, yeah, I was wondering about that. Yep. Um, yeah, so my mom said, well, I guess you're going to have to take out a student loan and so we did, got me through the last, um, you know, like I think it was a year and a half it took me after that to end up graduating. I was on the five-year plan. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so after that, I, I left. Um, I went and lived in Seattle for a minute, met up with um, a couple of girls that I had known from college, moved in with them, um, just it was the same thing. I got a job like at a restaurant. Uh, I was a, a waitress um, at a Red Robin, and so I don't know if you guys have ever worked in a in the restaurant industry. Nope, not me. I have. I have. Have sure. you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That really um, people really party. Yeah, you can up your game <laughs> I've, there. I've heard yeah, that. Definitely. So, you know, you show up to work. Um, you know, four o'clock. You get off work around two a.m. or so. What do you do with your tips? You got mm-hmm. cash head out and drink or you know whatever um so i did that but i i was also trying to get a job um with the airlines which i which i did i ended up getting on with american airlines um has anybody been a flight attendant before no, no. oh yeah once again <laughs> this is with my people um with other young people who who are you know we're going to these fun destinations. Um, one rule the airlines had, you know, they were always like, you need you need to stop drinking. You need to give yourself 12 hours. But um, I'll tell you what, I, didn't, I never followed that rule. <laughs> it's hard to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just, I kept partying. I met my, um, my first husband. He was a flight attendant as well. Uh, he was fun. He was a lot of fun. I met him um, at a bar like right before Christmas um, in New York. And he liked to drink like I like to drink. And New York was it, so many bars and just so many opportunities to like go out and party um, he actually is the one who kind of took me from just drinking to starting to do drugs. Yeah. Um, he was really into like the Grateful Dead and following fish and um, like all the, the kind of hippie bands or whatever. Um, so we started, you know, going to fish shows and so much fun. I mean, that's where we would go. Um, it's like a smorgasbord of drugs. I mean, we would get like mushrooms. Um, ecstasy started being my thing. Like I absolutely, every time we would go out, that's kind of what I started wanting to, to get. Um, cocaine's a good one too. Um, <laughs> I love cocaine. Uh, <laughs> um, it, but I mean, it, 
at the time I was still I felt like I was having fun. Yep, I remember it was a lot of fun yeah, for a while. It was. So it wasn't. Yeah, exactly. Um, until I, I did. I found myself pregnant with our daughter. Um, so obviously, once I got pregnant, then I had to. I, I was good. I was I actually. I didn't really have too much of a problem giving mm-hmm. everything up. Reel it in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was pretty tough to deal with my. Uh, her, my ex-husband, my first husband, I guess I should say, because um, he was he was still well into the drinking and the drugging. He um, wasn't pregnant. I was going to say he, he was not pregnant. pregnant. Yeah, so it was it was really tough dealing with him. Um, I had gone back to Alaska to visit my parents while I was pregnant to kind of like get a break from him and New York um, and kind of gave him a bit of an ultimatum. Like I, I can stay here in Alaska, but um, he, he didn't want that. He wanted to be involved and, and be a father. Huh. Um, so we ended up moving out of New York, kind of felt like getting away from the people that we knew there um, might help. So we ended up moving to Dallas um, been all over the place, haven't you? Yeah, mm-hmm. I have actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. How'd your mom and dad take the news of you being pregnant? Um, they just took it. Mm. Well, um, you were married, right? Or no, not yet. No, because okay. you, when you introduced, you said my what to be my husband or whatever. I didn't. Know oh was. yeah, no, um, no, we weren't. We did not get married. Um, I think we had only been together. Maybe like, I might have heard things. Maybe I heard that. Oh well, he is my ex-husband, so okay, eventually that, was, we did get married. Okay, yeah. All right. Um, I thought I heard that someplace. <laughs> yeah. 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 It is. A, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. No problem. Um, so, yeah, I think I'd only been with him like six months before I did get pregnant and um, barely knew him. Just he was a fun guy to party with, yeah. really. Yeah. It happens. So back to that. That's why I just understand. So when you went home to, to, or you told your parents you were pregnant. Yeah. Uh, it was a boyfriend at that point. In time. Yes, exactly. And one they didn't like. um had they met him they had once um and my mom didn't even really give her opinion i just think she probably thought i was going to be done with him like in no time yeah and i should have been really but did not turn out that way was not to be so we went to dallas um he continued to drink a lot um he he would I remember I'd, I'd get so pissed like he would get so drunk and then like go pee in a closet or something in the middle of the night it was just um he was clearly going in that direction um it's Scott Lee thing it makes me laugh because he talks about peeing in the closet he doesn't <laughs> raise your hand in this kind of thing he says Is anybody peed in the closet he goes man I wish that. he said oh I never got that bad <laughs> and I can visualize that a lot of people raise their hands right. you know and, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he would pee in a lot of places, actually. Like, I remember one time he turned the, around and like started thing? peeing that's on a, the bed. I was like, oh, what are you doing? Yeah, that's a funny thing. It's a, it's, it's, it's something else that I hear here a lot. That, he, that <laughs> I guess one of the symptoms of alcoholism is peeing in strange places. I, I think so. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most certainly. 
I never was a. I never was that. I did. I did it. Yeah, I had a buddy that that would talk about that. He just couldn't like he would sleep. He would pee the bed all the time. Yeah. Just all the time, and he said we'd go places. He'd spend the night with people, you know, and it's so embarrassing that you know that he just could not like not pee the bed. I know. Well, that's kind of like. I got to a point where I was like that too. Not not that in the early stages, but yeah, a progression. Yeah, progression. Um, so I had Haley um, in two thousand one, so March of two thousand one, and shortly after that, we decided that um, there's no way that we could continue living in Dallas. Um, and trying to take care of her ourselves. So he decided, I, I really wanted to move closer to my family. Um, he wanted to move closer to Louisville. And I'm just, I'm like a, a non-confrontational type of a person. So um, of course he, he won that. Um, we ended up moving to Louisville and um, they, his his parents and family and everyone did help us out with Haley quite a bit, but um, it was it was a blessing and it was also a curse because that kind of opened a door to okay, well, his sister's going to take Haley for the weekend, so that gives us a chance to party. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I was so so good. I was not drinking. I was not doing drugs. I was not smoking or anything that whole time I was pregnant and then as soon as we got to Louisville it just started again and um, we let's see we moved here in May of 2001 and then we got married in July of 2001 and um, we continued to like go um Anytime there was a fish concert, of course we'd go. If there was a music festival, we'd go. It was, once again, the smorgasbord of whatever we wanted, um, drug-wise, dropping acid, uh, whatever. And then then that kind of progressed to just even weekends. Like, we would go out on weekends, and then I'm like, all right, we need to find some cocaine. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and, And we were married for for five years um, before, and I, I wasn't happy. I, I hated, I felt guilty a lot for for doing that. Like, I knew it was wrong, but at the same time, like, I just couldn't, I couldn't stop myself. I couldn't say, you know what, Mike, I think we need to stay home this weekend and take care of Haley. But that, that really wasn't an option for him. And I certainly didn't want to do it by myself. Um, so I would definitely just be passive in that and just let his let let him contact his parents or contact his sister to watch Haley and then um, and then continue to go out like every single weekend. Um, so as you know, um, or I don't know, Dan, if you know, but you know um, <laughs> that two addicts in a relationship don't last too terribly long. Right. That's my experience. It gets um, like we would have really terrible like arguments. Um, 
where we're both wasted um, and we'd get in such terrible arguments and then like one time I thought he was going to choke me. Um, it was just we got to, to a point where like we get into an argument and then I'd be like scared and calling his parents um, to come pick him up because he was out of his mind or um, I remember one time we went camping and he got so angry and was like just it was really scary so when he kind of passed out I went into the car and like locked myself in the car hmm. um so after a while um I mean I, I definitely knew that I that I wasn't going to spend the rest of my life with this guy this was definitely not um not the love of my life I just married him because uh I had a child with him um and but at the same time, I was I was too afraid to leave. I I was I, I was in You're this in place. Way, yeah, way far so far family, away right? from my family. I was I felt so isolated. I didn't really have any of my own friends. Um, Making those kind of changes is tough, you know. To yeah. just up and decide I'm gonna bail on this or looking for the escape hatch is probably was you know, and it just probably wasn't didn't seem to be available. It wasn't available. I I didn't. <clears throat> I wasn't like making a ton of money on my own or anything like that. So I I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I'm going to stay here. But as fate would have it, he went um to a music festival on his own. I didn't go with him. Um and after the long weekend, he had come back um and announced that he had met his soulmate. Nice. Um that he didn't think that uh, we should be together any, anymore. Uh, he's like, do, do you really love me, Krista? And I'm like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> not really, you know. I'm like, but we do have this obligation to our daughter, and um, and obviously, I was I was scared. I didn't want to be alone. Yeah. Um, but you know, he had decided that he just didn't want to be with me anymore. Um, he thought that he had found his soulmate, and he thought that he deserve to be happy um and that did not include me so um I felt the same way so I, I just went with it um ended up getting a divorce and um that was the first time that I kind of like just drank out of um kind of not knowing what else to do. So I was doing a lot of like sitting at home um, and just uh, like drinking a bottle of vodka or um, until I passed out. Um, and I realized like a five year old. Yeah. Yeah. She was five. Um, I remember. Oh, gosh. I. Yeah. Not my proudest moments. Um, yeah, I understand. I've done that, too. Yeah. So. Yeah, I remember like one time, or I did this multiple times, I would wait until she she was asleep. Um, and if I ran out of booze, I would walk up to the corner store, which, you know, round trip was probably a 30-minute walk. Um, and I would just leave her alone 
and walk up there and, and walk back. Uh, a couple of times, I think I drove. I mean, can you guys imagine if I had gotten pulled over? Yeah. Mm. Or yeah. wreck or any of those things. Yeah. yeah. And there's my five year old at home by herself. Yep. Um, I did it too. <laughs> yeah. I, I left this very house that we're sitting at to go to Louisville on Sunday night because you couldn't buy it here. Oh, okay. good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you couldn't. Go all the way to Louisville and Ugh. back. So, yeah, not my proudest Awful. moments. Yeah. But um, what, the, what that disease will do to you. I know. But I ended up meeting um, my second husband. Um, and in the early stages, I was really hiding the fact that I was drinking so much. Um, Heck, yeah. yeah. Of course, yeah. Yeah, and, and I did a pretty good job. Obviously, you know, he um, fell in love with me and, and decided he that um he wanted to marry me asked me to marry him um it wasn't too terribly long after i had gotten divorced from my first husband that i kind of fell into that and um he's not exactly a big drinker i mean like he would go out on weekends um like one night but he wasn't like a blackout guy you know he didn't drink like i drank um and he really snubbed his nose if i would like bring a bottle of wine home and try to drink during the week. Um, he'd be like, what are you doing? It's Tuesday. <laughs> of course yeah, it is. Tuesday. <laughs> so there was a, a long period of time while we were married that he kind of kept me under control. Um, and, you know, we would go out on weekends sometimes and I would, um, I would, I would do my thing and get like blackout drunk and act like an idiot and say terrible things to people. Um, the next day he would kind of be like, do you even realize what you did Hmm. and who you owe an apology to? And I'd be like, no. And, um, it's a terrible feeling. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then he'd proceed to tell me and I'd feel ashamed. Um, yeah, I hated when other people told me what I did last Ugh, night. Lord, I avoided that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that was—it's the worst feeling. Um, Most time they figured I knew. I think you know they gave that like you know you were funny last night or last what you know. Hmm, yeah, it was a great uh, time, wasn't it? Won't you tell me what I did? <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking, what? I, I never <laughs> coughed to it. Did you? Oh, you, were, you just told him that you didn't remember. Yeah, I would just tell him I didn't. I'd be like, yeah. no, I don't know. I don't know what I did. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. It's a Um, tough shoes to be standing in for sure. So, um, and towards, I'd say toward kind of towards the end of our, um, our marriage, he, he would kind of be like, like I I was just getting too, too much for him. Um, and I would, I would say like, I think I have a problem. Um, like I, I think maybe I need to go to AA or go get treatment. And he'd be like, no, you don't. I don't think you have a problem. I don't think, I don't think you're an alcoholic. Hmm. I think you have a problem with alcohol. Like Mm -hmm. it's the same thing. Right. But he's like, you don't, I don't want you to quit. Um, I just, I just want you to moderate, moderate. Can you not control that a little bit? Have some control girl. Come on. Exactly. He'd be like, just, you know, you never eat dinner, eat dinner. Um, that's probably the problem you were drinking on empty stomach (laughs) exactly (laughs) or he'd be like just you were drinking like vodka last night why don't you just drink beer i know it's 
Yep, I get it. Yeah. And he wanted to have a little control over you, too, at that point, oh, didn't he? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Stars, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's a bit, he was a bit of a control freak. Um, he w- actually, kind of to circle back, um, he was a lot like my dad. Hmm. Very mm-hmm. um, strict. Um, you know, I always kind of felt like I was walking on eggshells around him. I felt like I always had to get permission to hang out with friends. Um permission to see my mom, permission to have my mom come visit us. I mean, it was always, and it, it was always kind of like a, I would ask him and then he'd kind of throw a fit about it. And then like, I'd have to negotiate, you know, I I don't know. Yeah. You had to negotiate and manipulate and make sure you were two steps ahead of him so you can get what you want. Exactly. Yeah. I always did something that I felt like I coined planting the seed where you like, you know, plant the seed where you kind of suggest something and walk away from it. And then you kind of ease them into, ease it. Them into it. And then eventually they're like, oh, well, how about we do this? <laughs> and suddenly it's their idea. Yeah, suddenly okay. you kind of make it seem like their idea. Then, it's yeah. Funny. But I've discovered if I just came out and was like, let's do this, it was a big argument. And, um, so... Yeah, and that, that was, was the same dynamics that you had with your exactly dad. Exactly the yeah. same dynamic that mm-hmm. my mom had with my dad. Okay. Because yeah. the term plant the seed and how to do that was a discussion I had with my mom. When you were trying to get your dad to do something. Yes. Said, oh, first of all, you got to plant the seed. First seeds. of all, we have to plant the seed. You have to suggest. I mean, it, I was like taught. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, yeah, when I, when I met Bill, um, there was a lot of warning signs that he was a lot like my dad. Um, I just didn't want to look at him. Um, after being torn down by my first husband for so long, um, you know, and then all of a sudden, Bill, my second husband, is just like, oh, you're so beautiful and you're perfect and blah, blah, blah. Like, well, shit, I got to marry him. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks I'm pretty. <laughs> uh, so... Oh, gosh. Oh, so to, to kind of go back to my first husband, um, the reason that I started feeling like maybe I need to go into treatment, um, at that point, he was in recovery. He's actually, at this point, I think in June, he's going to have eight years really? sobriety. Yeah. So he um, he got into NA. Um, he's an alcoholic, but I think uh, towards the end, his bottom was... Um, because of uh, painkillers, like opiates. Yeah. yeah. That's, what drew, that's what brought me down. Really? Yeah, that's uh, that was his end game, and he, he really relates to uh, people in N.A. Um, but he started kind of planting the seed in my ear. Right. <laughs> um, uh. Kind of telling me, like, um, you know, Krista, this is just such a, this is such a better way to live, and it just keeps getting better, and, you know... Um, and you all were separated at this time when he got into recovery. You all were. Oh yeah, divorced. I was. I yeah. was. We were divorced. I was already married mm-hmm. to Bill. Oh okay. Um. And but he could still recognize, you know, me being. Sure. Me being an alcoholic. Um. And I, I would, you know, I'd kind of like, joke or whatever. I'd like, like I'm not. After I'd get a phone with Mike, I'd be like, I'm not like him. Uh, I, I don't, I, he's, he was terrible. He was out of control. I'm like, I'm, 
I'm nowhere, I'm nowhere near like, like he was or is, you know. Um, and I, I, I really believed that. I didn't, I, I thought Mike was way worse off than me, but. Yep, that's the, another one of those <laughs> Denial, common, right? uh, those bell ringers, I guess you might yeah. say, where you say, you said another one a minute ago too about the, the deal about like going after guys that were just like your dad. Yeah. That's another bell ringer. Uh, you go ding, 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 <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, the, the ego or what, you know, some people would say, he just says, you know, I'm not, that's that other, that <clears throat> I'm on this trick trip with this lies we tell ourselves that, you know, that I'm not yeah. as bad as him. And, you know, and then another one I'll say, if I ever get as bad as him or her or them or whatever, well, then I might, then I'll do something. But at the moment, yeah. I'm not that bad. I got a handle on this thing. Right yeah. Now. I was like, you know, I'm not shoot i'm not doing opiates and not shooting heroin or anything like that i'm okay yeah <laughs> and probably this. i mean had you laid off with the other stuff too i did like, so you'd lay actually down. oh yeah once once i met bill he was so against like even smoking weed so that's another thing we can tell you know so i'm not doing that stuff anymore you know yeah I, i'm just drinking you know? yeah i'm and, Unless I would like go to Chicago by myself, right. and then all right. of a sudden yeah. I'm like yeah. in a bathroom. Nobody was looking. <laughs> looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like snorting coke off the back of a toilet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's normal. People yeah, yeah, you know, people uh, do social, that. Social exactly. Yeah. Shoot, I knew a guy that carried around the back of a toilet just the to lid, <laughs> just for that. <laughs> oh, like <my> a mirror. <laughs> I'm not yeah, joking. Yeah, we are out in the country. And <laughs> <laughs> Some people had mirrors. This guy had to tank the tank lid off the toilet. You know, it's porcelain. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. Oh, and and here's another thing. Like Haley, my daughter, hated Bill from the beginning. Um, that's that's something I really regret is not taking her feelings into consideration when I decided to get married um, because that ended up it, that was a struggle from the very beginning and ultimately obviously my addiction um, had a little bit to do with the, uh, him deciding he didn't want to be married anymore um, but it was it was so turbulent um, between him and my daughter that he just he couldn't take it anymore she mm-hmm. was um she was starting to like smoke pot and sneak out and um he had much younger kids who looked up to her and he was like I just I can't I can't have my kids be exposed to this like they look up to her and so we ended up getting divorced and that's that's when I really um That's when I really accelerated. Mm-hmm. Turned it up a little bit. Turned, yeah, turned it back up, and um, definitely was not a social drinker. I was, I mean, I would go out to eat with people, but I made sure that, like Robin said, she would pregame. I definitely pregamed. I would yep. have like a half a bottle of wine at least before I met my friends out, so that when I went out. I wasn't like guzzling. Yeah, right. you could kind of like moderate through that little period. Yeah, until you couldn't anymore, and it's time to go. Yeah, then it was time I got to, to go. Wrap this thing back up soon. Stop at the liquor store, get another bottle of wine, and like go home, um, and just get shitty. And so, like 
I was definitely just numbing, um, numbing my emotions after the divorce. Like it was, that one was really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Divorce got me. That's yeah. another one of my, I can relate to that because it, it just helped accelerate my, the my, my disease progressed quickly once I, once the divorce Oh yeah. Happened. It was, it. Game on. Right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been divorced now for like, for a while, I guess it's been, it's been over three years, but um, yeah, in that time it went from me being like a blackout drinker on the weekends to just being like um, a daily drinker and not just a just a few bottle like a few glasses of wine every night i mean i am like passing out every night right yep getting up the next morning i'd like to tell you i was going to sleep in reality that was no, not what that was, was not happening no i was i was like going to bed peeing my bed waking up wet um hung over and then fortunately i work from home so i'm like barely just doing the minimum amount of work I can. Yeah, just limping along. Yeah. Until four o'clock or five o'clock when I would like crack my my first beer. And um, you know, I, I work until five thirty, so obviously I'm drinking while I'm working. Yeah, yeah towards the end of the day and whenever. Yeah. Um, so that went on for a while. Um, you know, like I said, I was None of my, I, I was keeping it pretty hidden from my friends. I would drink with them, but it was, I knew how much to drink in front of them. And, you know. You just have to be really selective of who you go out with when yeah. you know you're going to put one on for sure. Oh, exactly. There there were people that I didn't, yeah, that I could go out with and just get really shit faced. And those are people I don't talk to anymore. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of those. Yeah. I can remember times when, uh, we would go out to eat I'd, usually when I was still married and and we'd go out to eat with her family they would always pick places that didn't serve alcohol and I could not make any sense of that you know I mean because that, <laughs> that, that was that moderation where I'd pregame and then you gotta bridge that gap you know Ugh, yeah uh, and yeah that was rough because other times I, I could like run through the bar you know and had to pee you know to be back in a minute and shoot through the bar and get a shot of tequila or a shot of whiskey or something you know to keep to, to ramp that to keep going but right. man when they picked those damn places that didn't serve alcohol it's like you had to go out to the car or something you know i always had it with me I, oh you I just yeah I, oh, always wow. had, I, I always had beer had something to drink with me i just was never i, I never Too was dry yeah 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 because yeah, that was not going to happen <laughs> yeah i just stayed home so i really really started to isolate myself um gosh at one point i got really sick um and you have a daughter living with you at this point yes, in time? Yes, yeah. Not full-time. Um, now, when I got, I went through this little period where I, I got sick. Um, I caught some kind of virus, I guess. Um, that's all they can really figure. It's, um, I got some kind of virus where it affected my joints. Um, it kind of was slow at first like at first it was like I would turn my neck and I, I couldn't turn my neck I thought maybe I had like bad pillows or something so I started trying out new pillows and every morning I'd wake up and I'd be like oh boy I'm so stiff and then um then my knees started swelling my elbows started swelling and then all of a sudden um I got on an airplane to go visit my mom in Hawaii and I got off the airplane and my knees were so and my ankles were so swollen that I could barely walk from yeah from a flight um, and ended up 
like going to the hospital while I was there and they did like ran a bunch of tests and I they really never discovered what it was they think I got a virus um and they here's the question they were like well why would a healthy adult like pick up this weird virus you know and in the back of my mind I'm like I know why it's because I've been drinking so much my immune system sucks um but of course I couldn't tell the doctors (laughs) you know I couldn't even my mom was like kind of suspicious my mom was like asking the doctors well should could it be caused from drinking should she stop drinking and the doctors were like no you know drinking shouldn't hurt but you know obviously no one knew that I was drinking to the excess at the level that you were Yeah. yeah um but that, that eventually went away, um, and even that didn't stop me from drinking. Um, but that is about the time that Haley started living with me full-time because I needed help, like, getting up and downstairs. Um, I needed help getting out of bed, practically. Um, and actually, I, when we got home from that vacation, I was I still – I continued to drink even more. It was kind of like masking the pain. So now I'm trying to mask my physical pain and my emotional pain and uh, just ramping it up. Were you on painkillers too then? No. 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 Um, they did give me muscle relaxers, so that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, no, no. They. That's about the time that they kind of quit prescribing people. Like the opioid epidemic was getting really bad. So, um, I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, when, when do you think that was about? What's that? When about? Um, that was about two years ago that I went through that little yep. weird period. Yeah, yeah, they'd clamped down well by then. Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can attest to that. <laughs> so um, we'll get back to the, or we'll kind of fast forward to, to my absolute lowest point um, was in – about a year ago. Um, Haley has been living with me full time. Um, she had really kind of taken advantage of the fact that I um, was an alcoholic. I mean, just just a terrible alcoholic. She could sneak out whenever she wanted. She could take the car whenever she wanted. Um, so why on earth would she go back to her dad's where she can't get away with anything and there's rules um she would steal from me um she would take my credit cards um so i was i was very easily taken advantage of at that point and um and i knew it but at the same point i couldn't i i wanted to quit drinking i wanted to get control i wanted to like just get control of my life basically um so that I couldn't be taken advantage of anymore, but I just I couldn't. It there I really I would try to even just say I want to quit drinking for one day, yeah. and um, I, I couldn't make it. Couldn't even get a day. I couldn't even get a day in. I mean, I was getting to the point where I was um, on weekends when I didn't have to work. I would wake up just so hungover on Saturday morning. And there would be just a little bit of wine left in the box. And so I would just go ahead and pour myself a glass and like start to get nauseous and sick. And I would go and I would throw up in the sink. And meanwhile, like 
washing down the bile with wine and just repeating until I could finally hold down the wine. Man, I've heard yeah. that story a number of times too. I never, yeah. and I didn't, ha- I didn't get to experience that. Yeah. And then once I held down, you know, once I could function, um, get in the shower, like my, make myself look presentable, then I would be off to the liquor store to get enough to last me through the day um, and into the next day. Cause I would do it again on Sunday. Um, and that went on for, you know, I'd, I'd say probably three months until um, it was a Wednesday. I remember it was a Wednesday. And I'm completely shit-faced. Haley walks in, says something smart-ass to me, and I lost it. Um, I, I She had just pushed me so far with, with her shenanigans and taking advantage of me Um that I I was screaming. I took like her Apple phone and threw it on the floor and broke it and um, and kicked her out of kicked her out of the house. And she got a, an Uber and got in it and took off. No idea where she went. And obviously, I broke her phone, so I had no way of getting a hold of her. Mm. So. Um, the next morning, I I wake up and I'm like, oh my goodness! And her dad's calling me. Who's in recovery now? Who's yeah? Yeah. Who is in recovery and has been telling me that I need to get help for quite some time. Um, and he's I had to I had to fess up. I was like, I he asked me where Haley was, and he he didn't even know he didn't know about this incident the night before, and I just I had to. I felt like I had to tell him and just fess up and, and be like, I've, I'm out of control. And he's like, Krista, you know where to go, blah, 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 blah. Um, was that kind of a relief at that point? A li- yeah, mm-hmm. it kind of was to finally just be like, I, I just, I couldn't. I, it would, that was not having to hide it from him anymore, which I wasn't hiding anything he knew. Yeah, but that's a, that's part of that step one thing of being able to start admitting this thing. When you let somebody else, like, you know, saying I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hitting the bottom, I'm done. You know, however those words come out, whether they come out in the phrase of help me, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. Uh, I've heard that over and over, too, that there's a relief that comes with that admittance. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that I can't do it anymore. So after I got off the phone with him, the next person I called was my, my best friend. Shannon, who was completely unaware of of what was going on. Like, I couldn't tell her because I work with her. Not only is she my best friend, but she got me the job that I'm currently at. Obviously, I couldn't be like, hey, I'm drinking on the job. Um, she's, <laughs> she's in a boss robe. She you. is. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. like my team leader. So right. I called her, and, and I, I didn't tell her what happened, but I was like, I am not feeling good. I'm not going to be getting on my computer today and working. And um, she automatically knew something was up. I don't know why or anything. Um, And she asked, were you drinking last night? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, well, take the day off. But she's like, I think you need to to come out and and come to my house. And um, she's like, get in your shower. Just take a shower. Come out to my house. 
I'm like, no, I just, I'm like, I really want to be alone today. I mean, I was, I was really at my bottom. Um, I actually did go sit in the shower um, and I had a razor blade and I was really contemplating like ending it, just bleeding out in the shower. Um, So sick of myself. Yeah. Yeah. The jumping off point. Yeah. Fortunately, um, Shannon just kept on texting and calling and kind of insisting that I, I come out to her house and um, she's working from home also. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, I'll don't worry. I'll just do the minimum um, and, and we'll hang out. I mean, she just she just knew that something was really up with me. So fortunately, I did. Thank goodness. Yeah. So, yeah, we went out. I went out there. I went to her place. Um, she's out in Elizabethtown. She took me on a hike. She was like, this is the most therapeutic thing you can do. I mean, I was so hungover. Yeah. like I, That I was the know. last thing I wanted to do. But it was the absolute best thing to do. Um, kind of got me out of my head. Um, and that's when I talked to Mike again, my ex-husband who's in recovery. <laughs> oh, thank you. Ooh, nice. <laughs> and um, probably should get some real ones. <laughs> yeah. No, these work fine. Yeah. So anyway, um, Mike called and checked back in on me, and he said that he wanted me to come to. Um, an AA meeting and that he was, he was going to take me. I mean, he was like very adamant that I needed to do it. And, um, and he did actually no. So that night was a Thursday because the very first meeting that I ever went to was six thirty on Friday evening at token club. Is that when you went there with Laura? No, no. no. Mike took me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it was awkward. I mean, it was like, here I am sitting with my ex-husband and... Um, I'm a mess. I'm yeah. a complete disaster. Yeah. And... Um, but it was good. I mean, it was like... The meeting was perfect. It... I think Mike was worried that somebody was going to... Maybe... Because he was like, oh, that person shared something that I don't agree with. He's like, but don't worry, Krista. Yeah. Doing all the He's like, keep coming managing. back. You'll... <laughs> Um, so I, th- I think maybe he was worried I'd be turned off by something but really I mean everything was was great I remember that me- meeting just being absolutely perfect and you know I got my silver tip Aww. and everybody was clapping and I'm like oh yay I'm like all over this <laughs> um, and I had a pretty that first time I had a pretty good run I think I had about like um, actually actually I got about two weeks before I met Laura mm, okay um and I went out and drank with her um got back on it um April 1st and then I had a run of about 90 days um so my big mistake that first time was I started um I, I kind of started doing the steps but not really I wasn't I wasn't really taking them too seriously and I started dating um Travis who is a non-drinker and I thought like I was safe with him because obviously I wouldn't wouldn't drink um and then 
I quit going to meetings after like the first 30 days or so. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would go, um, like I got my 30 day chip. Yay, claps. And then I like, I wouldn't go except maybe once a week. And then I go and get my 60 day chip. And then, um, I got my 90 day chip. And then there's that big lull. And I wasn't going to meetings. And then I, I ended up breaking up with Travis. Um, so there also wasn't that it wasn't him to kind of Famous moderate. Buffer mm-hmm. you a yeah. little bit. Um, and the thought of having to wait until six months to get my next chip was, it just overtook me. I, I couldn't imagine, like, three months seemed so long. And I, I couldn't get it in my head, like, it's it's one day at a time. Um. So I went back out and drank again. Um, now, when I came back in around September, I think is when I met you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I came back in around September. Um, now, I did have a little hiccup there around Thanksgiving. Yes. Mm-hmm. But we started hanging out in September and started going to meetings every day. And- yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then... I really, you know, I had a spot, I kind of had a sponsor, like once again, it was just something I didn't really connect with, but I wasn't working the steps at all. Um, and finally, after I drank that last time, that's when I asked Robin to be my sponsor. You know, they say, pick somebody that, you know, what is it you, you admire or look up to and um, has what you want. And, and that's want. definitely Robin. Oh, how sweet. <laughs> um. So we've been working the steps, and I've been going to meetings, and um, I do my best to call her every day. Now, I don't do great. You do pretty good. <laughs> you do really, really well, actually. And um, I certainly, I, I, I definitely call you whenever um, I need advice. Like, you know, most of the time, if somebody makes me angry or, like, upsets me, I just kind of want to, like, snap and... Um, say nasty things. Uh, but I've kind of lately stopped myself and like called Robin and been like, so here's what's going on. <laughs> Pause. Yes. Pause. Let some of that pressure out. Yeah. 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 And then, um, so that has actually, that's, that's, you know, uh, it helps. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, I found it, and I, and I have a similar thing, you know, where I bobbled around. I think most people do. It's, it's a very, it's really unusual for people to come in here and just get it right. Yeah. Uh, we have to stumble around a while, you know. But there's a specific recipe that works. There's also a specific recipe that works the other way, you know. Those other, I'm learning. I'm gonna write them someday, maybe. Uh, we do say them in the meetings and stuff, though, and it's the same thing. You say, I stopped going to meetings. I wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Still. I wasn't, you know, the way to get sober is to engage in this thing, participate in your recovery, start working these steps, get a sponsor, call them, use them, and, and all that stuff of practice and doing that. You know, to, I'm sure, I don't know, you go, I remember like being a, a you know, and, and it's like a, was, a, you know, a revelation to that I had something to do to help myself rather than to do what I normally did. You know, I had this tool called call my sponsor. 
Right. Yes. You know? And it was such a, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a big, big tool, right? It's so easy, yeah, right? And it like, is, but it wasn't for a while, right? Yeah. It wasn't, you know, and that's the other thing about the practice in it, you know, but it gets easier, right? It gets easier and easier because yes. now I can call, you know, I can call a sponsor over a little bitty stuff now, you know, it doesn't make any, you know, no longer hang it up. I used to want to weigh it. Is this worth the phone call or not? <laughs> Let's see, you know. It's and, just uh, a phone call, but boy, that phone can weigh a lot sometimes. It can at times. So uh, you say uh, December 2nd, is that what you mm-hmm. said? I always try to remember people's sobriety dates. There's a couple of different things I try to do as, as I participate on my own in my recovery. Is one of the things is I learn your name, <laughs> which that's not a problem here. Uh, and I like to know people's sobriety dates. I have a lot of sobriety dates in my noggin and in my phone. Um, so that makes some place, what? A little over 90 days now? Uh, it's like over 100. 100, yeah. Yeah, because um, remember I told you, Shannon, right. maybe the hunt, the, oh, yeah, the, the wooden 100-day uh, chip. Thing, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, we yeah, there's, you can't have enough enough of those chips, really. Uh, no. You know, I started, and don't have it, but I have actually started carrying a, a real fancy 24-hour coin in my pocket a lot. Because that's really all, that's back to that simple thing, is that's yeah. really all we ever got, Absolutely, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I can tote around that four-year token I got in January, but whoop de do uh, I got those four years one day at a time. It's that day-by-day thing is what got me. So I started carrying a 24-hour token again. Oh, yeah. Uh, recently. Even though March 16th isn't my actual sobriety date, you know, I have had the hiccups. I really do kind of feel like that's... That's when the journey started. That's the right when the journey started. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. actually really proud of that date because yeah. I just... You really turned it around at that point. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It takes some time to get some traction, you know. Yeah. It just does. Uh, and, and I don't, you know, I have heard of the guy, I in particular, I remember a guy that said he's a one-chip wonder. <laughs> you know, he got one silver chip and he stayed sober. Oh, know? wow. Oh, yeah. I, I was thinking the other direction there. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. this was a good thing where he got one silver chip. He came in, got a 24-hour chip. And, and stayed sober from there, yeah. never got another one. You know, I, I just not long ago, I have a whole little bag of them. Uh, and I noticed that I had a whole lot of 60-day chips from over the years. from Because there was about four years that I bobbled along before uh, I came into AA in 2011. My sobriety date's in 2015. Okay. I had four years of, of, of bobbling around. And I actually had a, I actually got a one-year token. I, tell, I can tell the truth today and say that wasn't real. I was still, I didn't drink for that year. But I was still toying around with other stuff. I was okay. still taking some pills and smoking some pot and doing some things, but and telling everybody, you know, and I knew, you know, it wasn't like I didn't know, mm-hmm. but I told myself that it was okay because we were in AA, right? We're here not <laughs> to drink. Uh, but I had all those. I actually chucked them back into the. I took all those chips. I was like looking at them, looking at them, and I ended up putting them in back into the spiritual undergrounds kitty. Oh, good. Uh, mm-hmm. Like re- put them back in re- in circulation. I thought a little funny about that because they. Uh, you know, that they're sentimental and well, not so much that I have those and they're over in another bag, but they're like, I'll tell you, they like they're, they're tainted. Oh no. <laughs> but I don't really believe that there's a so. little, little uh, for just a minute. I do have, and you were talking earlier about, uh, about our group doing monthly ones. I over in my bedroom, I have a stack of the 12, the silver one up to oh, yeah. my 11 month. And then my, and then my other year tokens are stacked up on top of it too. That are my ones that I've gotten since you know since get sober and those monthly chips meant they mean a lot to me to get. I know. Them. Well, it's a really long stretch. I mean, like I I feel a lot more confident this 
time around because you know th- that first time I did those ninety a days, and you're yes. working the steps, and you're doing yes. all the recipes that make you feel confident. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. But those first ninety days, those were tough. Yeah, they I are. mean, it was like I really wanted to drink every single white knuckle in yeah. it. For There's sure. some science days. behind that about that 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 ninety day mark, and it's part of the reason why the nicotine quitting community I was talking about earlier. That's why they just kind of did the hundred. There is some real science about unwinding things, and and your your, your wiring straightening out over a 90 day, 90, 100, you know, that, that kind of time period. So yeah. there's something to that. Yeah, this time around, I really, I, I haven't really had the desire too much. I mean, I think there's been a couple of times where I'm like, you know, it kind of hits me like lightning out of the blue. I'll be like, wow, a glass of wine would be really good with the salmon or something, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I had that for a while. Uh, that has left me. That that you know, that's the there's, miracle right there. There's still some. Leave. The disease will still tell me a change of head would be a good thing. Sometimes you know, it'll still say that. Uh, and but I don't like actually like think about like it for a while like the cold beer in the summertime thought and the other the the real distinct like you said the wine with the sand yeah. you know I mean those are real distinct that's like <laughs> you know though that's where that's that's what has faded is the distinct and you know then now actually when you start talking about it, like earlier when you said something about that vodka in the water mm-hmm. I actually have like a a, a repelling that that <sighs> recoil from like like from a hot flame kind of thing where my stomach goes oh yuck <laughs> oh, that yeah. sounds horrible well yeah and and sometimes I think about the wine and I think about those mornings. And that's ugh. a thing through the drink, man, to, to go. Yeah, this is what happens. I get to experience that again if I do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's the thought that has lately has come to me every time I think about it. I'm like, ugh. Yeah, there's like a Those mornings were bad that morning and that, mm, mm, that I don't nasty. even like think about it. Mm-hmm. So uh, before I circle away from that, because I wanted to like you're someplace around the 100 day mark then. Do you mind saying about where you're at in your step work? Um. Getting ready to do eight. Right. Mm-hmm. Working on eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm, so, in mm-hmm. the, so in the, yeah, that's, that's. Yeah. One of the cool things about, you know, working with, with somebody is you, you get to see the lights come back on. And, and I've seen you um, really shine here in the last few months. And I was curious if you thought that, like, when was that marked for you where you really felt more comfortable in your skin and just seemed happier? Or did you feel that? Oh, no. I definitely feel that. I want to say right around the time um, before we went to the conference. Mm-hmm. So we just done the, the fifth step before we went. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, I was working on my fourth because oh, okay. remember, right. yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, I made the the fantastic looking graph. Right, you did. Um. <laughs> Very organized person we have here. Absolutely, the prettiest four step display I've seen. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you were. Uh, like we weren't attached to the hip the whole time. Um, I would take a little time and like work on my my four step, writing so we everything went to the down. AA convention and, together, yeah, and, and bunked together the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a Kentucky State convention that was mm-hmm. Lexington. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. in February. I don't know. Or, I don't know. Just January. Long it wasn't, too long. It wasn't yeah. long. No. I don't know. A couple months oh, ago. Yeah. I was on a teacher training weekend. I remember that because you were going and mm. I was busy. I think you might be right. It was early, mid-February. But I can't, yeah. It doesn't really yeah. matter. Anyway, just, yeah. I, I timeline out. I'll tell you why I go with that is because uh, one of the things that's important for me is I hear people talking about, you know, that it takes so long to get well, you know, and, and it seems to some people that it does. 
And what I want new new people to hear, you know, is this doesn't. You know, once you actually start doing the stuff, here you are at 100 days feeling pretty damn good about yourself, right? Right. You know, and I've got my guys that, you know, there's about a five-month, I'd say, five to six months, uh, the guy's going to be well on his way. We're going to be through the 12 steps. You know, he may still be doing amends and things, you know. So, mm -hmm. you know, I don't, I'll, I'm a guy who subscribes to the fact that amends maybe, you know, that's not a, you don't finish the steps. You just don't. You know, you don't even, you know, a trip through, uh, we celebrate that and the fact that we've went through all 12, that we've read the 164 pages together, that we did that, you know, and guy's still doing the men's, but uh, I got a little carried away on that concept what I want. The book says a person will be well and uh, can return to work as a well man inside of six months if they're allowed to do so. I like to beat that a little bit because mm -hmm. uh, I hear some people once in a while thinking this thing takes a long time to get well, and it seems like it from the front end. You know, when you're standing at the gate, yes, uh, looking to get into this to, to make recovery a piece of your life, it's very, it very like daunting. It. Yeah, it is. But you know, to think about how quick, you know, a hundred days is that oh, you yeah. got this transformation in your life, in us, in and because that's a drop in the bucket today. You know, a hundred three months. I never thought I'd be okay with not drinking. I never thought I'd be okay going to a work conference. Right. Like mm -hmm. I was, I was worried about a work conference that was back in January yeah. because I know yeah, be drinking. Yeah, there's there was mm -hmm. yeah. a lot of drinking, um, but it really wasn't an issue. Like I felt very comfortable being around these people who were ordering drinks, and when they asked me what I wanted to drink, well. Shannon, like I said, you know, she's my best friend. We work together. She was obviously at the conference. Um, she would automatically, like, run up and get, like, a glass of water or a Pepsi and then, like, make sure my hand was, like, always occupied. Well, yeah, and you really prepped yourself for that when we talked for weeks oh, yeah. about that as far as how you would handle different situations. And so by the time that you got there, you were – pretty much prepared for what was going to happen so there was oh, no yeah. surprise there was yeah, yeah there was no and yeah I kind of thought about every person. situation mm -hmm. um and even since then like I I'm very comfortable going out to eat with friends um you know I've gone a few times where we've gone to Mexican they've gotten margaritas and I I don't I just get water and it, no they don't even bat an eye no yep. big deal no big yep. deal mm -hmm. yeah third thing I thought the world would be paying more attention to me not drinking too yeah but everybody else would be a lot more concerned with me not drinking they, they don't really seem to give a shit they really don't no, care. they don't care <laughs> <laughs> and then um yeah this last time my friend was even like oh yeah I'm gonna go out and um after this you're welcome to come I'm like oh, that doesn't even sound like fun right yeah. like mm -hmm. at all yeah yeah well yeah that's uh it is a huge transformation to go from where you talked about to where, you know, it doesn't even, it's not even attractive anymore. Yes. And that's what recovery is, you know, is to get this stuff uh, coming back. I'm sure there's probably some things of, uh, some things that's happened to where, um, I'm going to guess, there's been some things happen where you've, uh, well, we might say we got some things back. I heard Robin the other day say back problems, that we got this back and got that back. But that's a good thing. A lot of times it's just when we use it to, that we get these things back and we end up, yeah, tossing away our resting recovery on our laurels because, because yeah. we've got our car back our job well, back. but the, the fact of the matter is those are those so i have and i talk about this i have this i have a miracle list my sponsor in the beginning when things started happening for me uh, to me whatever you want to say because of my recovery some really cool stuff started happening and i started making a miracle list he encouraged me to do that he said you will forget about all this stuff so now i have this really cool list 
of things that happened to me in recovery, and I wouldn't remember them if I hadn't written them down. If I didn't, if my sponsor hadn't encouraged me to start making a list. And now today he will say things like, okay, put that on the list. And we know what we're talking about. We don't even have to say what it is. Like this podcast was one of them. You know, yeah. When this started going on, this was a put it on the list. Uh, so I get to have these miracles. But well, so that's one thing I was going to say. Is there anything that you can think of in the last few months that like that strike you specifically that probably would yeah. not have happened had you not? Had I not quit drinking? Yeah. Um, swimming has come back. Um, uh, this last summer I got back onto uh, a master's swim team. I mean, obviously it ended so abruptly. Um, I would think those two things don't go together with a shit. No. Swimming and drinking. No. no, it was tough when I was be young. Like smoking and drinking. You know? Ugh, I was smoking and swimming. You couldn't. Yeah, you just can't do <laughs> it. Can't keep a cigarette lit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> um. Yeah, I got I've I've started swimming with a masters group, which is like eighteen and over. Um and I've I practice like every morning, plus I've gotten back in I've started something new. Um I don't just swim in the pool. I've started doing open water swimming oh, wow, cool. and open water competitions. And um it, it really the muscle memory, it really didn't take very long for me to get back into pretty decent shape. Obviously I'm not in the shape I was in college. Like I just that's pretty impossible but oh, I don't say that <laughs> I'm probably in the best shape I've ever been in my life are you I mean, besides that natural youth I mean there was something to that yeah but I think you'll find a new power uh, that, that comes to you from this but go ahead but um yeah last July when I was before I I think I was yeah I wasn't drinking at that point I was still um in that first 90 days uh, I did my very first open water competition um it was like a 2k up in Indianapolis and I, I ended up winning for wow. my age group. Yeah. Super I, cool. I won women Incredible. age 40 to 45. So, um, after that, I've really kind of taken off and, um, cause I hear some stuff about some swimming, some phenomenal distances. What like, Oh yeah. Sport? I have one coming up. Um, I have I mean, to me it is. Yeah. I, this July or no, 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 June, I have a two mile, two miles. Yeah. And then, this is going to blow you away, <laughs> in July, I have a 10K. And 10K is? Six miles. Six, six miles. miles. Yeah. Where's that done? Six miles. Um, let's it's see. open water? What's that? That's open water swim? Yep. Yep. So what, where's, where is it? North Carolina. In is it a lake? Mm-hmm. Fontana Lake. It's like going to be in the Appalachian Mountains. So it's going to be like this whole weekend excursion with a bunch of other swimmers in Louisville. There's a lot of uh, extreme and, kind of like running. Some people I know, there's a girl yeah. who's in my uh, yoga teaching class that is getting ready to do a 100 mile or Oh, my goodness. A run. I'm a 100 mile run. You know what I mean? And that's on the... Uh, a six-mile swim is on that kind of uh, ultra-type swimming thing, right? Yes. I mean, that's... It's basically a marathon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. That is so cool. Uh, that is a miracle, you know? And I, and I and every time I talk to somebody, I try to encourage them to do the same because that miracle list means so much to me today. And I think that be those would be things you would want to put on that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that is. That didn't happen. Uh, my friend uh, Frank says, uh, he will show pictures of things, and he'll say, this is the life that almost didn't happen. And I love that, you know, yeah. it'd be little, whether if it's with his wife or with his, you know, his grandbaby, he will, you know, on our little group, he'll show a picture and he's got his little grandbaby in his arms, you know, and it'll say, this is a life that almost didn't happen. 
you know, those are, those are miracles. We get saved, we get risen in that. That, that is just super cool. Yeah. I swam a mile, we did scout troop swim a mile when we was little kids, when we were young, like in Boy Scouts, in a pool in our circles. Uh, that would nearly kill you. And I was, you know, <laughs> you know, you were in like, I was like in 15, 16 year old boy shape, you know I mean? I doubt, you know, probably that really is like, that's that, that's that, that's that endurance that can't be measured when you got that kind of energy as a kid. Oh, I know. Right. Mm-hmm. And man, you get out of there, you couldn't walk. You would be fumbling around the next couple of days being sore from it. I'm swimming miles. Do you swim in the river? What do you do open, open water swimming here? Um, it's pretty gross. <laughs> we do a 5K on Sundays in the Ohio. Do you? I don't mm-hmm. think there's anything. I mean, I don't, um, the river's a lot different than it used to be. We're, things are cleaner than what it used to be well i mean there's sometimes if it rains way too much um you can get some debris debris. yeah debris and then there the bacteria level will get high really you all measure it yeah so if it's too high then we cancel yeah um and but really in the summertime when it's you know normal normal it's not that bad yeah i don't think anything i don't you know there was a time when i would be less concerned and we all joked around here about being in the river but i don't i don't think it's that you know it's nothing what it used to be we've done yeah. we've come a long ways on cleaning things up uh in the past i don't know 20 years or something absolutely so then, where do you go where do you put in it where do you start at uh the uofl boat docks uh-huh. you know where that is yeah, like yeah. where the rowing yeah and then we swim so around stand up paddle boards in the river and yeah that's yeah there's actually too. there's a new um company over there that does the stand up paddle boards uh, um is it uh in the summer yes yeah that's my friend it's that's actually the director of the yoga teacher training oh fantastic yeah, yeah. she's the one i go that i've done the stand-up paddleboarding with okay you should come out and like Mimi. be our pilot sometime because we we're always looking for kayakers or SUPers uh to kind of just be around uh, be around you know and um sight for us like yeah. if there's boats coming or if somebody was getting in trouble or exactly or like there's a big log that we can't see or something like yeah. that mm-hmm. uh yeah we're always looking for people to come out there and kind of guide us um so put in you get because there's an island right there yes so you're putting in right so there in that we little put channel. in there we go upstream the channel um to the top of towhead island and then we go around the island and then we swim all the way down to joe's crab shack and then we turn around from Joe's Crab Shack and then go back up to the boat docks and get out. And that ends up being exactly a 5K. Wow. So three miles. It's Incredible. phenomenal to mm-hmm. me. <laughs> it really is. That is so, so cool. It's so much fun. Like, I really can't wait for us to be able to get back in the water again and, and start doing that. Yeah, I guess, yeah, that's somewhat seasonal, huh? Yeah. <laughs> You're not swimming in the cold weather. No, but I don't still enjoy training, it. Right? Wetsuits on. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, training I, indoors. Absolutely, I, I still get into um, the the Mary T pool here uh, every morning. I get up at four thirty in the morning, go swim at five thirty, um, and then I'm done at six thirty and back to work. Or you know, Super cool. so that's yeah. absolutely. There's no way on earth. I mean, when I was drinking, it was I was barely getting out of bed at eight thirty, and then like turning on my computer and trying to work. Yeah. Well, and that's what they say, right? We build a life around our recovery, so it's just easier not to use, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I mean, and back I, to those miracles. Um, I'm I'm thinking of something specific, but did you have anything else on your list? Uh, my daughter. Mm-hmm. I had a feeling. I don't know anything, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, 
definitely a better relationship with my daughter. Like 150% better. Yeah. Yeah. Like she like respects me as an actual like adult parent again. Um, mm-hmm. You'll have a really good relationship today. Yes. Family's reassembled. It says it in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it was it was pretty bad there for for a minute. For a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, minute and a half. The fact that they uh, <laughs> that were able to get some forgiveness in that, you know, and that, that actually sometimes. Uh, I think things sometimes can actually end up being stronger than they ever were. You know, uh, I don't. You sound like you, you were, you were, you'd live, you'd live this life abusing at some level for oh, her yeah. entire life, right? And that's the same thing with me and, and my children. And, and I did a lot of damage, and to have that back again today, and they know that their dad is something different than what that. You know, there's been a real transformation that that, that you end up being. Uh, you know, like I said in the beginning, when I said the prayer, I said, you know, they gave me my life back. I don't really feel that. I feel better than getting my life back. I feel like I got a life today. Yes. You know, that I actually, that, that never was present. So when my family can look at me today and be proud like your daughter is of you, that not only, uh, not only have you turned, you know, not only are you restored, you've done that from turning something around from a really dark spot, you know. And that's, yeah, and I feel like, she can tell me a lot um you know obviously she's seen my ugly disgusting side um so she can kind of tell me things freely even though they might be kind of ugly and disgusting yeah i think Um, it opens that's another thing it's like opens up a level of honesty it probably would never been there let's say if y'all if this had never happened exactly yeah like I if think she probably the, feels like I can kind of lifestyle then you know you kind of get to a depth of honesty mm-hmm. yeah and she can confide in you and and she comes to you often doesn't she yes she does mm-hmm. um more so than even oh, her dad does. which I mean she saw her her dad go through some times but um I mean my ugly times were more recent you know he's well and um, I I do get the ugly times but don't you also think that it's your uh, ability to share with her honestly about how you're turning things around and yes. how you're feeling better and comparing today to when you were using I, I think that just offers a whole lot of um, safety for kids to come to us and, yes and talk about what they're doing yeah absolutely because mm-hmm. I, I I'm not I'm not going to judge and I don't you mm-hmm. know I don't, I don't feel like I have the room to judge and, um, I can tell her my opinion and, and tell her what direction she needs, she should go in because, you know, um, and, and really at this point it's up to her to either listen or, or not listen. She's, it's tough, but you really have to realize that your kids are going to, um, have their own path. Yep. Oh, you know, I said this other day when we were talking and uh, some things have come to light lately, some but it seems that we maybe we have to do this, you know, that we have to travel this hard path to get out the other side. That I watch this thing called the, that's all about Joseph Campbell's uh, theories. I don't know if you've heard of him, but the, the hero's, hero's journey, journey. Yeah. and that we have to, you know, we're born a certain, we're born pure and perfect. Mm-hmm. We go down paths, we have struggles, we rise through them. We 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 hopefully, we come through that even stronger, and then we're able to share that experience with other people. And, you know, I think that in that cycle can, can continue that we, we're going to, I think it's a Buddhist thing that says where we have life is suffering, we're going to have some, and, and part of the character building in that life is just walking through this stuff and, and 
and uh, hopefully winning on the back end of it. You yeah. Know, not, problem is not everybody makes it. Yes. Yeah. Any other miracles you can think of? How about your parents and your, any, uh, do you see them? Um, no, my dad actually passed away in 2006. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um, no, my mom, after a couple of years after he passed, she ended up moving away from Alaska and moved down to Hawaii. Moved down to Hawaii. <laughs> well, they're all gone. <laughs> so, I don't really, I don't make it back to Alaska too often, but. Where was she um, originally from? Illinois. Illinois. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah I actually have family up in the Chicago, um, suburb area. Yeah. So, uh, I have not gone back up there since I have gotten sober. So that'll be interesting. I used to go up there for Thanksgiving. Um, I, I definitely owe them, them some amends. Um, I was, so that'll be right on time. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've been uh, a pretty, pretty sloppy drunk at some Thanksgivings and some family gatherings and Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. I, uh, I, I, most time, I just remember being really, really sleepy. Mm, is that I what was, it was? I had to take a lot of naps at other oh. people's houses. <laughs> I was the hostess for years, so it was some burnt dinners and. Oh boy! Yeah. yeah. No, I took a nap on a sidewalk outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was the embarrassing person. Well, super cool. Is there anything uh, usually towards it? So it feels like we're wrapping up, and we yeah. are, uh, which, which will blow your mind when I tell you this. Okay. It's been an hour and 40 minutes. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was so about, worried. I was like, it's going to be like 30 minutes. I'm going to be done. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's about the going rate, you know, and that's another thing. What a blessing, I think, and what's good about the way we're doing it here is that we have the time to talk about it and, uh, and get some stories in because when you're actually behind the podium, you got to truncate that story pretty well, and, and you only get to, you know, 40 minutes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 40 minutes or so, and mm-hmm. you know, we're twice that easy. And, oh, and wow. Chance. Of course, we were, you were all three chiming in some, so uh, yeah. that changes things. But uh, I thought I'm, I'll, I'll, I am uh, tickled pink to have heard your story today. It's uh, I, I loved it, and uh, thank you for sharing it with us. Is there any final, you know, what I like to do, I take this from another podcasting guy, and we do a concluder. Uh, if you will choose to, if there's any final closing thoughts you want to say or... Uh, um, gosh, I just, I, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful for, for my first husband to kind of just to show me the way. And, um, I mean, it's taken me to actually do the steps, um, keep showing up, um, getting a sponsor, just, uh, really all the things that they tell you to do. That's, that's how you get sober. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's yeah. funny how that works. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, we smile it says, you know, they, they, it's not. they read it in every meeting almost, you know, and, and we don't, and I don't hear it, you know, and they read it and the damn chapter is called How It Works, you know, and <laughs> yeah. the steps are in and there. That's and how and it goes. Yeah. yeah. And, but no, yeah. Uh, I joke around unique. those, you know, in the first paragraph, it says some words that are really strong words and I discount them. It says, absolutely. We got to let go, absolutely, thoroughly follow this path. Yeah. Um, uh, what, absolutely and completely completely give yourself of this to this program you know uh but those that, that absolutely thoroughly you know, that's they don't really mean that <laughs> they don't really mean that yes they do because that is the recipe to getting well it is robin you got any final thoughts concluders no i'm good i'm just um really proud of you and um it's been um 
so good for my recovery. You know, we're on this path together, and, and I can't wait for you to get some sponsees, and um, it's just going to be a, a really fun road to travel. Yeah, together. I'm actually looking mm-hmm. forward to my future. Yeah, absolutely. The juice is in sponsoring other people. Is and it? Watching it those is. lights come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. I have a, this is a four years sober. And, and again, I will preface this with this is not me. This is the program. Uh, I have a great, great sponsee doing a fist step tonight. So one of my sponsees, sponsees, sponsee. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. four deep <laughs> in that amount of time. And it really is. I mean, it gives me chills to think that, you know, that, that we get, that's that's what this thing's wrapped up about is, is getting well and then teaching other people how you did it. Let them take them by the hand and, and, and let them follow you down this path and watch your magic happen to them and, the, and encourage them to start their own miracle lists. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is really cool. Well, thank you both for sitting in. It's been a really cool uh, experience to hear it. I just, uh, man, I just, uh, yeah, I get to participate in my recovery in a way that very few people get to do. To do, uh, I, I, our power just keeps on handing me ways to continue to do this thing and to, to delve deeper into my own recovery by sharing it with others. And uh, we crossed over fifteen hundred listens the other day, plays on the podcast. So that's. 1500 yeah that's really cool i'm mm-hmm. excited about that i'm really you know we've been going since the beginning of the year i started this thing in january so oh wow uh feel real good about that uh what's that somewhere around 500 listens a month or something we're not even through march yet um great guests uh, so i get to do this thing i get to do lots of things in recovery that uh, wouldn't be possible uh, had I stayed on that other path, that other path was going to land me in prison or dead, and uh, and I get to do this instead. Uh, go to spirit. Just want to remind everybody: go to spiritualunderground.org for uh, pictures and show notes and a contact me page if you want to be on the podcast or if you have any troubles with maybe these substances and uh, spiritual sicknesses we say here. Uh, feel free to email me from there, and I will do what I can to help you on that account. Um, 12 Step Spiritual Recovery, the book by Christopher Cohn is available on Amazon. We started meetings. We had a second meeting this past Thursday. That is picking up speed so we can get these 12 steps out to the rest of the world or anybody else who wants them. A way of living, a design for living that works, as Bill Wilson said. Um, And the music wrapped around the podcast lately is by Darren Frank. I'll remind you that. You'll hear a part of a song to lead in. And then if you stay tuned for the end... You will hear a full song and maybe even some details where Darren shares about his writing of that song. So uh, stay tuned. Listen to the whole thing if you're inclined to do so. Thank you all for listening. And once again, we will sign off like we always do. Peace out. I had done a lot of Reiki on people and stuff, so I went back to my room that night and I wrote the music to this song. And then I came back when I got home and wrote the lyrics, but... This is called Just Like Me. So let me know when you're ready to go. Okay. How about take two?
That's my stadium rock song. <laughs> I think it's just really, really neat, man. <clears throat> it's all recovery words, man, every bit of it. That's my book. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, we were talking a little about that, and you said that, you know, like you say, you're, you said the right, you know, and we all, we, we were like go places in our heads. Yeah. We think that means the story we tell ourselves. Right. You know, because initially the story you told yourself was that that meant you're supposed to be a book. Yeah. And later on you found out, no, it was actually something else. And, you know, the words, they just seem to come, the music is what I write. I mean, that's, I think that's what makes my songs good because, I mean, I could be like a drop-dead perfect poet but not being able to, I mean, that people remember the melody more than they do the lyrics. I mean, they're both important. But um, I write with uh, this guy, Jerry, from Unity. I wrote a song with him, and he writes the same song over and over and over and over. And over. It's the same chords, um, same style. He doesn't rhyme, and I'm totally different. But we wrote one together, and he come up with all these words, and they were great phrases, but they didn't rhyme. And I'm like, well, I'm going to write the music, and I'm going to rhyme them. And it turned out to be a really good song. Um, so I can write with anybody that can write words because my main thing is the music. <clears throat> and then Jesse, like, I, mine is like the mannequin, and then he, he puts on the jewelry, you know, and dresses it up and stuff. And what he does, I, I can't do what he does. But he can do what I do. Yeah. Uh, those produced versions, you know, there's. So you know, I put those first, those five or six or whatever they were, in my phone, and I made them because it's like I didn't want. I noticed that some of the music you sent me had actually metadata in it, and it came into my computer with album um, kind of uh, labels on it and stuff, mm -hmm. and it, it organized itself in my iTunes. Oh, did it? But those songs <clears throat> from Jesse don't have any of that metadata attached to them, so they're just these untitled songs. Or oh, yeah. They've got titles, but they don't have any album or any kind of artist or anything like that over right. there. Right. They've got the title of the song on them, and that's it. And so I had to put, I put them in a playlist so that I keep them together. Uh, so, like, I'm out, and I'm just, like, got my, I use, I wear these all the time. Mm -hmm. Bluetooth headphones. Like I'm on the tractor at work, or, or out here cutting the grass, or I'm in here. Sometimes I, because these will double up for ear protection if I'm running equipment and stuff. And uh, and I remember when that one song come on, and I'm like, "What is that?" Yeah, it took me a minute, and I'm listening to it, you know. But my mind's not really thinking that because I'm doing other stuff, right? But there's a piece of my mind. What is that? And I was like, "Oh, that's one of them songs from Darren." And that was the first time that like one rolled in just organically yeah. into my shuffle. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, that stuff hangs with everything else that's that's in there. That's in cool. what I'm listening to. You know, it's, cool. It's kind of like because my brain was a discount, right? Because it was a friend of mine. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, my heart when he heard it, it's like yeah, that's just same stuff, man. Cool. Yeah, Jesse helped me a lot to believe in myself because I didn't believe in it. But he was, he was telling me from the get-go they were good, and then I started to believe it when I heard it. When I heard the first one finished. Um, my grandson was about a little over two at the time. He was, he could talk. So I guess between two and three and, um, he would not let us play another song. We had, anytime we was in the car, we had to play it over and over. My wife was sick of it, but that was Pappy's song. He wouldn't hear anything, that one and, um, 
what was that show about the gangsters um, a couple of years ago? Uh, it was a motorcycle gang, and they sold drugs and stuff. It was real popular. Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy. And that song, the beginning. He would listen to that song and my song. He wouldn't listen to anything else <laughs> over and over and over. Because another song would start playing that I wrote. And he was like, no, 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 no. Wrong song. Yeah, wrong song. So I guess he was about two. How old is he now? Five. Be six in October.